You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 337, The Importance of the Apostle Paul, Part 3. So we've been dealing with this fascinating person, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus. Uh, Saul was his Jewish name. Paul would have been his Roman name. And, And we've been looking at why he is such a fascinating figure. We looked at his importance in the early church, his importance in the we're looking at his importance in the development of the New Testament, but also his importance for us today. So we've looked at Paul as a, um, my gosh, a missionary, as a theologian, as a church planter. How he developed the church's theology, and and when we just touched touched on that briefly, but we will look at it a little bit more when we look at uh, introduce him as a letter writer, but. Today, we're going to kind of just look at Paul as a historical person. Paul as a historical person. What do we know of Paul the man, and where did he fit into history? I think one of the things we sometimes do uh, ourselves an injustice is we, we take a historical figure and we fail to understand where they stood in their own times. Uh, One of the greatest things we can do to understand a historical figure is to understand uh, the history, the times they lived in, a bit of their culture, and a bit of their background, because it's going to help us to understand a little bit more, as much as you can 2,000 years later, of how they think or how they thought and and how their life was lived. So the first thing I want to look at is Paul as a Jew. Paul as a Jew. Um, this is very, very important because this shaped really Paul's early life, life, and it developed his theological thought later on. We know that he was born, according to, to, to Paul himself, he was born in Tarsus of Cilicia, which was a large city in, 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 in Asia Minor. Uh, today it would be modern-day Turkey. And he was a city boy. Everything that you you learn about the Apostle Paul uh, indicates that he was raised in the city. He 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 talks a little bit about planting and things and farm life, but it's it's obvious that that wasn't him. He he was a city boy. He loved the the the, the sights, the sounds, the smells of the big city. And this even later on would shape his missionary strategy because he would focus, as we said last week when he, we talked about him as a missionary, he, he, his strategy was built around uh, really hitting the big cities in the Roman Empire and having as much impact as he could there. So Paul uh, was a Jew, 
born in Tarsus of Cilicia. Now, as a Jew, this shaped everything that he did because he had a code that he lived by. Uh, his, his family would have been very uh, particular in who he would associate with. Uh, they, they had very strict dietary laws. It says that he, he became a Pharisee. Uh, this is, we'll talk about being a Pharisee in just a minute, but um, it was the strictest sect of Judaism. So, so growing up in a strict Jewish family is, is very, very interesting because I don't know about you, but in my, I'm almost 60 years old and living in the southern part of the United States, it's not that I haven't encountered that many Jewish people. I've had several Jewish friends over the years, but the ones that I've, I've become friends with, or uh, in one case, I've worked with one, uh, another one I worked out with for a while, and, and they weren't really what you would call practicing Jews. Uh, so many of the Jews that I've had contact with would tell you they don't know anything about their faith. And those were their words. And, and I've heard it over and over again is because they, they weren't practicing, because they weren't considered, they didn't consider themselves strict Jews. Um, they, they really didn't live uh, in, in accordance with the law. And they didn't have much uh, understanding of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. They just didn't read the Bible. And so really there would be considered what we call maybe a cultural Jew. Just like in some religions you'd have maybe, I guess, maybe a cultural Catholic or a cultural Baptist or a cultural Muslim, whatever the case might be. But Paul wasn't that. <laughs> Paul was not that. He was a strict practicing Jew who followed the law as a Pharisee, he studied the scriptures intently. They, they shaped him. And his Jewish faith really defined the man that he became. He, he would attend the synagogue regularly. He had been uh, obviously spent time in Jerusalem, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, he was a guy who was a strict adherent to the law of Moses. In fact, later he says that he practiced a righteousness based on the law. And he says, according to the law, I was blameless. That's a pretty impressive thing to say because it's it's not an easy thing to keep. I actually was having a conversation with my, one of my Jewish friends a few years ago. We just left the gym and somehow the, 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 the topic of faith, because we talked about so many things, we talked about faith and he was asking about, you know, salvation and what, what it meant for a Christian. How do, you, how do you find salvation? And I explained that it was through faith in Jesus. And so I said, what about you? What does salvation mean to you as a, as, as a Jewish guy? And he said, well, I guess it means practicing the law. And I said, yeah, fair enough. How did that work out for you? And he just laughed. He said, man, I, I fail all the time. He said, it's, it's hard. And, and that actually led to an opportunity to share, you know, the, one of the passages from the Old Testament where it says, Abraham, and this is held up in the New Testament as an example of our salvation. It says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, really salvation, God's intent all along was that salvation come through faith. The law was given to kind of give us guidelines on how to live. So Paul was a practicing Jew born in, the tar born in Tarsus of Cilicia. Number two, Paul was a Roman citizen. Paul was a Roman citizen. Now this carried with it so many rights and privileges. Now remember, just because you lived in the Roman Empire did not make you a Roman citizen. Their empire was expanded through conquest most of the time. 
Uh, in some cases, maybe the country d- didn't want to go to war with Rome, and they would just work out a peace and begin sending them money every month. Um, but but that did not make the people Roman citizens. So um, there were some people who, who who purchased their Roman citizenship. Soldiers who served honorably in the military, the Roman military, would be awarded Roman citizenship. Roman citizenship tended to be for the elite or the wealthy. It was something that most people um, would never attain without purchasing it. But Paul says that he was actually, excuse me, actually born into a family of Roman citizens. We don't know anything about his family other than that. He says that he was actually born as a Roman citizen, and this offered him quite a bit of protection. Um, it offered easier travel, and he didn't have to pay taxes. Taxes were only paid by the non-citizens. That's a great, great thing to think about. Uh, The citizens didn't pay taxes, but the non-citizens did. So Paul, as a Roman citizen, he had, um, and you see him use this several times in the book of Acts, where um, he, he might run afoul of the local authorities because of his preaching, but yet by producing his, his citizenship, uh, they would let him go. And because he was a Roman citizen, when he was arrested in the, towards the end of the book of Acts, uh, and if he wasn't a Roman citizen, he could have very easily been put to death for most anything. But because he was a Roman citizen and he knew the charges were false, he appealed to Caesar. The right of Roman citizens was to uh, appeal to the emperor to have his case heard. And while this may not sound like much, even Paul's death was a testimony to his Roman Roman citizenship. Uh, Non-citizens were typically crucified or thrown into the Colosseum and used for sport. Roman citizens, however, were guaranteed, if they had committed a a felony worthy of death, a quick and relatively painless death. And so Paul was beheaded um, because he was a Roman citizen. So he was a Jew. He was a Roman citizen. He was also a Pharisee. As we said, the Pharisees were the strictest sect of uh, the Jewish religion. And as a Pharisee, Paul, or at the time the uh, Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee began to see Christianity, the spread of the way, as it was called, as a heresy. It violated what he understood the Jewish scriptures to teach. He, he did not believe that Jew, Jesus was the um, Jewish Messiah. And so he began to, in his zeal, in his uh, zeal as a Pharisee, began to persecute the church. Now, later on, we'll talk about how he became a Christian in just a minute, but later on we will also see that it was his training as a Pharisee, though, which actually allowed him to become the first really great mind in the early church because Pharisees tended to memorize uh, large portions of the Hebrew Scriptures. He probably had the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, uh, memorized, or at least large sections of them, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He probably had most of that memorized. Uh, the, 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 The Pharisees were trained... Um, in some ways, like we might think of lawyers, uh, very analytical, 
uh, very thoughtful, very intelligent, and 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 very very um, uh, dissecting in the way that they understood the law. Well, later, as a Christian, he began to see through new eyes. But because of his great understanding of the scriptures, he had to unlearn obviously a lot of the things that he had learned. But because he had so much of the scriptures inside of him, and because of his great learning, he was able to have his perspective shifted. He says later on that after he became a Christian, he received the the gospel, the the message of Jesus through a direct revelation, um, which is fascinating because you get this idea of the Apostle Paul. You know, he's in the, the deserts of Arabia somewhere and, and, and receiving a revelation of what the gospel meant. But that meant him going back through the scriptures, studying what he had studied before, and coming to different conclusions this time. So as a historical person, he was a Jew, he was a Roman citizen, he was a Pharisee, but he was also a Christian. Paul was a Christian. And he had probably um, one of, if not the most dramatic conversions in all of history. Uh, Luke records the story three different times. Uh, you find it in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 9, where where Paul, or at the time Saul, was on his way to Damascus going to have uh, Christians arrested. He had gone to the high priest in Jerusalem. The, the, the high priest there had given him papers to go to uh, Damascus and to arrest whatever Christians he had found there. Paul had been persecuting the early church. <clears throat> he had uh, been locking up Christians. He had been possibly even killing them, beating them, trying to do whatever he could to get them to renounce their faith in Jesus. Well, now he's on his way to Damascus, and it says that a light brighter... This is at midday, midday in the Middle East. It says that a light brighter than the shining sun, than the midday sun, shone around him. He fell to his feet, he fell to his knees, he fell onto the ground... And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who who, who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And, And he tells us later in one of his letters that it was in this bright light that shone around him, he saw Jesus. He asked later, he says, have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Well, this was the moment where he saw Jesus. But it left him blind. He stood up. He had to be led into the city of Damascus by hand. Uh, a believer there saw a man named Ananias, saw a vision, um, and he was told to go and pray for Saul to receive his sight and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he went. He laid his hands on the former persecutor, the man who had probably been coming to arrest him. He was probably on the list. And the first thing he says to, to, to Saul is, brother Saul, welcoming him into the faith. He laid his hands on him. It said that Paul received his sight. He was baptized in water, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, he began to preach the gospel and to take the message of Jesus into those areas where he had once been a persecutor. It's interesting. You you find a, a lot of the, the early Christians didn't trust him. They didn't believe him. They thought he was, uh, you know, trying to trick them. But as time went on, he became the uh, apostle to, to, to the Gentiles in the early church.
Don't go away. We'll be right back. I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. Check out Peter and Paul in Acts. This is a fantastic story, uh, a fantastic study of the lives of these two great apostles. Peter and Paul were the two most eminent leaders in the early church. They are the ones who, who really laid the foundation for the church to grow in later years. Uh, we look at their apostolic ministries, what they did, how they did it, and it's a fascinating study. So check out Peter and Paul in Acts. Click on the link, go to Amazon. You can read a little bit and then click on the buy link because I know you will love it. Well, welcome back. Now, we've been talking about Paul as a historical person. Now, I want to go just a little bit longer. I want to introduce this idea of Paul as a leader. Paul as a leader. You know, when we think of Paul uh, and you read the letters of Paul and you see the way he's described in the Acts of the Apostles, you see really one of the greatest leaders in history. Uh, He would be what we would call the classic type A personality. He was driven, he was motivated, and if you were working with him, you better move fast because he was going to be moving, and if you wanted to keep up with him, you needed to get going. Paul was a wonderful leader. He was highly motivated, highly motivated. He even talks about this in, in different places, letting you know what his motivation is. But listen to what he says here in uh, the letter to the Philippians. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, has called me. I love this idea of of, of this one thing. I focus on this one thing. You know, I think as leaders, sometimes we have so many things going on, and I get it. Sometimes on our plate as leaders, we do have multiple things, but there should be one big thing. If you're the CEO or the president of the company or the pastor or the manager or whatever, obviously you're going to have multiple responsibilities, but there should be one thing that really defines your leadership. And for Paul, it was um, seeking after the Lord, pressing towards everything that, uh, that God had for him to do. He was a man of big vision. Uh, it's interesting, too, he was also susceptible to depression. Um, you see that, that, that there were times when uh, things didn't work out. He, he tended to become moody and um, had to work through kind of, kind of some heaviness. Um, you know, some of the leaders that I've worked with have, have tended to be that way. That's something I've struggled with from time to time. Uh, you know, we, we have our vision, we have our, our goals, and when things don't work out, it can tend to, um, you know, shake us up a little bit. Well, Paul was no different. He was human. He wasn't perfect. And um, in a couple of places, you kind of see that he, he struggled with, with that, that sense of, uh, of depression. Uh, another thing about Paul as, as, as a leader, um, as this classic type A personality, is that people were drawn to him. People were drawn to him. You see 
so many people associated with him. And this kind of leads into this idea that um, there's been a misconception over the years that Paul tended to be a loner, that Paul was kind of like the Lone Ranger of Christianity, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Paul was very much a team player. We'll develop this a little bit more next week, but he was really a team player. Over a hundred people are connected with Paul in Acts of the Apostles and in his letters. So he had a hundred teammates who worked with him at some point. And so this really just goes against the grain that he was some type of a loner. No, no, no. Paul was the ultimate team player. Uh, did he do a lot on his own? Absolutely. He, he wasn't afraid to work, but he also loved to have great teams around him. Well, I'll stop there, and uh, we will pick up there next week, still talking about Paul the leader. But I want to hear from you. What about Paul has inspired you or motivated you or challenged you? Um, go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. Let's keep the conversation going. And while you're there at davidspell.com, uh, look at the resources that are there. There's All my books are listed. And also make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.